Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Sanctified Studio again. Uh, we're here with another breakthrough series. Uh, we're going to go over testimony, my testimony in, predict, in particular. Um, my name's Jason. I have my co-host, lovely wife here, Nikki. Hi, everyone. All right. It's Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope it was good. I had a pretty chill Monday. It was smooth. How about you? Yeah, same here. Good. No complaints. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we're coming off of your testimony, mm-hmm. which was really good. What was that like, giving your testimony? Um, it was, it was, uh, fun, enjoyable. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was a little weird because I recorded it without anybody in here. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like speaking to a wall, but literally, but you know. Yeah, we wanted to try something, um, kind of like a solo monologue thing with Nikki's testimony and. Yeah. We're so, trying different formats to see what, you know, absolutely. what sounds best. So Give us a shout out. Maybe let us know what format worked best for you guys or which one you like better, maybe. Or yeah. Like what for, yeah. Yeah. Interview format better or having a co-host better or monologue better. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Maybe some are better just to give personally, depending on the case, I wonder, mm-hmm. for different people in the future. Yeah. We'll have to see what they prefer. Yeah, we're pretty flexible. We're flexible. We decided to try this. We're going to both be going through my testimony here. Obviously, I'll be leading the way, talking to you about this. Um, I mean, I guess if I were to, to, to sum up my testimony, searching comes to mind. That's good. I say that's accurate. Like a ton of searching. From the beginning uh, till just very recently, believe it or not, um, I'm relatively new in, in this walk with Christ, you know, in this in this new walk with this personal relationship with Jesus, uh, which which will go over, um, you know, religion, God and whatnot is not a new concept to me, but man has the um, the playing field changed so to speak, uh, the playing field of God in my life, you know, has really changed, you know. Um, and so let's dive into that, really. Um, like I said, I'd, it's not like I never knew God. It's not like I never knew Jesus. I, I grew up Catholic um, in California, Los Angeles, shout out uh, to the rest of the family that's still there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I was raised Catholic, you know, in, in at a Catholic school in downtown LA, shout out to St. Francis of Assisi over there off of Sunset Boulevard. Cool place. It's still there. I went back not too long ago, took Nikki. She got to see it. Yeah, that was fun. It was really neat because it, it's cool. I mean, the church, church, it's a nice church and whatnot. Cool building. It's, I think it's been there a while. I don't, I don't know much about the history, but cool area. But I mean, you know, so growing up Catholic, uh, let's put a couple of things, you know, in in your mind here that you probably already have in your mind. Okay. So Catholic school, we're talking uniforms, right? Uh, we're talking nuns. I had a nun, a couple of nuns were teachers, uh, nun principal. So this is like your basic Catholic school. And, and I'm, I've only been to one, so I don't really know what the rest of them are like, but, <laughs> but my school, I would say was your traditional Catholic school, um, church, like on Mondays, Wednesdays, and maybe one other day during the week if it was like a special event for like Easter week or whatnot or Lent or something like that. But um, so it's not like I didn't know, you know, church or God. I, 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 I attended Catholic school from kindergarten all the way up to fourth grade. You know, so that's a long time. 
It is. Those are like really formative years too. Mm-hmm. You know, those are like major years. I remember so much about Catholic church, you know, like, like a lot about, um, you know, my, it's tough. Cause like teachers, I feel like teachers always struggle with no matter if you're a nun or if you're just a regular teacher, it's hard to reach kids and whatnot. And I'm not going to say that I was the, the easiest child to reach or, or that I was the uh, most well-behaved child in general. Um, you'll see that the, the theme in my life is that I'm very like, I was a very bad boy. <laughs> you cleaned a lot of erasers, didn't you? I did. I clapped a lot of erasers. Oh my goodness. I, I got held back from a lot of recesses. My name got a lot of check marks on the board. Um, check marks, not stars. No. A <laughs> uh, couple letters home, I'm sure, during those, those time periods. A um, couple minor issues in school. I was, I was rebellious, you know, even back then I, I was rebellious. Um, but I still had, you know, a sense of God. I, I just don't know, you know, I never really connected and I, I still wonder about this. Like, was it be I didn't so I'll just say like, I never really resonated or connected with with you know the the Catholic teaching and whatnot I I, I never really it never really set in for me and and, I, and I'll, I'll chalk it up to this because I don't know why I don't know if it was because you know was I just too young possibly it could be right I mean I don't know if I really don't know and trust me guys I'm not trying to bash Catholicism because things different things work for different people but I, I it's either a couple of things either I was too young to like really absorb it and like to take it seriously right I mean we have you know priests coming into the classrooms almost daily you know singing songs with us going over short stories in, in the Bible um, <clears throat> we read like a little bit uh, but we were like, again, we, we were young, you know, and again, it was like it was it's the new King James, if I remember correctly, we were using, which is in itself sort of hard to like, I wouldn't say hard to grasp, but hard to just soak into, I guess. I don't, I don't know what the right word is there, but English standard ver- version, in my opinion, is very easy to follow and like apply. Yeah. But definitely. Uh, but I'm an, again, I'm an adult now. So I, you know, I, I don't know what the deal was there for me, but um, or, or is it because this is the other reason which I, I, you know, it could be a possibility or is it because there's just not that much like personal, there's not that much emphasis on personal relationship with Jesus mm. or at least nothing that was really, you know, pressed upon in my early spiritual religious upbringing. You know, I, I knew he was there. I knew what he did for us. I just never really reached a personal level of, of relationship w- with Jesus, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who knows why? I don't know. Could have been that I was young. Could have been the setting. But in general, what you know, back then I look back and, you know, it's, it's very ritualistic um, as far as, you know, you, you got to do this. You reach these points. You get you get your, you know, your first holy confession, your first communion, things like that. Um, it's kind of dark, you know, dark imagery in the Catholic Church that always made me feel kind of weird in in a sense. Um, it's just a lot of focus on like your sin and and the guilt, which is a good focus. You should be focused on your sin, you know. And but I, I never really got the focus and the emphasis of of like like the 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 never ending love and the closeness of Jesus and and how he is really affecting you in your lives and and walking, you know, there right next to you in, in every aspect. But so, but in general, you know, it, it was, it was good. I, 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 I enjoyed 
um, I did enjoy, you know, like the setting of all the f- my friends were all on the same page. You know, everyone's like all Catholic together in the sense of kids. So it's like you got this like real camaraderie going on, which was which was really nice. You know, we had like being from downtown LA. It was like all walks of life. You know, with Filipinos, Spanish, Mexican, Asian, all sorts of Asian folks. It was it was really cool to be around like the big melting pot of people in that area, but. <clears throat> That was like my, so that's like my first, you know, introduction really as far as like my religious upbringing. I, I definitely understood the concept of God and Jesus' sacrifice and whatnot. But, um, and then, you know, from there, uh, we moved to Arizona just before I started, you know, the, the fifth grade, which was a big, a big move for me. Um, it was a new school, uh, all new friends. So it was a really hard move, just far from, you know, California to, to L.A. Uh, and then we, we, as a family, I want to say, I remember, like, we, we sort of tapered off, like, our, our, our church attendance. Living in California, we were with all the family. We used to go to church every Sunday. It was, like, a beautiful thing. We would go out to t- eat afterwards as a big group and whatnot. And, um, and that sort of tapered off when we moved to, to Arizona. I think we... In my in my opinion, I, I think we became like holiday Catholics. Mm. <laughs> what do they call Creaster? Creasters, yeah, Christmas, Easter, those yep. ones, <laughs> <laughs> which was nice. But and I th- I attribute a lot of that to not really like finding. Uh, maybe it was like my family didn't really resonate with the Catholic churches out here. Mm. I wonder because when the first couple of times I attended the 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 churches down there that we tried as, that we started going to the Creaster events too. Um, they were a little different. It, I don't know what really what was different about it. You know, it was, it was um, maybe it was the pastors. Uh, I'm, I'm not not the pastors. Sorry, the priests. Maybe it was the 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 new type of priests and whatnot. Or maybe it was just we were unfamiliar in a new place. But it was just a little different coming from downtown LA Catholic Church to um, Arizona Catholic Church. It was something I don't know. Maybe it didn't hit hard or something. But Attendance sort of dropped off. Um, you know, I'm in this new school now. I have new friends, new exposure to to different religion. Um, the, moving to Arizona was the first time that I got exposed to LDS, to the mm. Latter Day Saint mm. uh, Church, which was really interesting because um, we moved to Gilbert, Arizona, back in like '95, '96, I think it was, and I got um, enrolled into the Gilbert Public School. Uh, there's a heavy LDS community presence down there in Gilbert and all of Arizona in general. And so a lot of my friends were LDS. And so I started getting exposed to their whole process and, um, you know, their ideas of like uh, worship, um, you know, the things that family was a big emphasis. I started getting that very it was very apparent that that the the Mormon communities up here and uh, I'm just sorry down in, in Gilbert <clears throat> were super tight. Go over to friends' houses and they were very strict. You know, there's a lot of order and whatnot. Um, everyone really lovely though. Wonderful family bond. Those are some of my 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 fondest memories. Were hanging out at some of my Mormon friends' houses mm. back then. You know, and I want to say that there was also like a drastic difference, and like it was like, whoa, it was a culture shock because they also had like really huge houses, mm. <laughs> <laughs> bigger than I was used to. But um, we were we weren't like poor or anything in California, but uh, 
it was a shock, you know, new houses, new large families, six or seven kids and whatnot. But it, it was fun. Um, growing up in Gilbert was awesome. It was so cool. Like nothing was out there yet. So we were all just like kids that came from all over the nation, really, in this housing boom in the 90s. And it was just so wonderful to, to grow up in, in Gilbert. And back then, just cotton fields as far as the eye can see. And we would just ride our bikes just all day long. You know, n- never tired. So it was a good experience. Once I finally got over leaving my, my original school and, and um, jumping into this whole new thing, which was public school, really. I'd never been in public school before. So it was, it was kind of interesting. It was, a, it was a culture shock. There was some sort of, a, you know, religious shock in, in a sense. You know, in, in hindsight, I, re- I recognize that. I, I'm not sure I recognized it fully when it was happening. But in hindsight, I realized there was a lot of change. You know, that was happening right then, obviously, being in a new area. But, um, yeah, just uh, so that, that, you know, that was uh, elementary school, still sort of carrying this idea of God with me. Um, again, I, mean, I was young. I, I didn't, didn't really think too much into it. Still surrounded by it, though, for the most part. We're going to Christmas, um, things, you know, Christmas services, Easter services, things like that. Pretty sure we did a couple. Um, Ash, Ash Wednesdays, whatnot. But yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, also, still a troublemaker, <laughs> very rebellious. A <laughs> uh, couple problems in, in elementary school, of course. Nothing crazy though. But um, you know, I, and then I get into junior high, also still in in Gilbert, Arizona, and. And I think around this time is when, so now what, I'm like 13-ish or so, and it's around this time that I'm starting to get the idea or like these ideas that religion is not necessarily cool. Would you? Is that about when it hit for you too? Oh, yeah. It, I think that's normal, especially right? in like public school. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That makes total sense. And like you're coming into that age, like you're, you're about to, to know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder 13 it's going on 30 13 going on 30 i got it figured out for the most part <laughs> um no but really i was i was i was silly like most junior high kids um <laughs> so i'm starting to get these like premises not premises but i guess these ideas these hints that like religion's not cool and you know what i, I guess i just realized this now you know what? a lot of that was like lds focused hmm Nobody was really saying that, like, you know, it's not cool to be Christian. It's not cool to be Catholic. There was a lot of people who were hung up on, like, the LDS people back then, back then like, because they were so rigid and, like, oh. there was a lot of rules. They weren't allowed to play on, you know what I mean? You couldn't go to so-and-so's house on this, on Sunday or, or things like that, uh. you know? So, like, I think that was, like, where a lot of that was coming from, really. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, but... Um, but it is normal, though. It is. It is a normal thing to start, you know, looking... Into That's other things, and you yeah. know, you're just going with the flow, and you're mm-hmm. so easily influenced. Yeah, you know, all the way up. And it's until, such an awkward age, too. It's such an awkward. Age. I'm still trying to fit in, like <laughs> technically. I'm I'm chubby still. I'm like, yeah. I moved to California. I'm super chubby. I was getting teased all the time mm-hmm. and whatnot. Nothing drastic, you know. But I it, it ended quickly once I thinned out, riding my bike and all that. And, me, and then I became one of the cool kids, and and. You know, in junior high and high school, like I said, you know, religion start not to get cool. Um, 
you know, there's also, I feel like right around this time, I'm really starting to pay more attention to ideas and movies and in culture and, and, and whatnot. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really like, easily impacted by ideas of course because i'm a teenager and right about like the end of junior high really i i, I start my exploration into drugs mm. um you know started you know with with pot and whatnot just the usual we somebody would steal a pack of beer or something and we'd have some giggles or whatever it was nothing nothing drastic you know we were we were smoking some reefer every now and then and back then I uh, hadn't really dive, dove into anything serious in junior high. I don't think. No, no. I managed to do okay. Got into a lot of trouble, <laughs> for sure. I will say that. Um, got into a serious amount of trouble when I was a adolescent, when I was a minor. Um, super rebellious. Kind of a bully to some extent i think it was like me getting over being chubby <laughs> i don't know but anyways I, I got into a lot of trouble in high school and and it would like soon pave the way for this continuing line of trouble in my life uh but that was like the beginning of it hanging out with not so great people um people who like you know to to party people who like to live on the edge people who like to do bad things um, and that became me i became one of those people those are all the things that i like to do when i was a junior high kid when i was a teenager i just like to do bad things it was weird as a christian though i see now well duh that's temptation <laughs> <laughs> anyhow um so a junior high bad kid um i get kicked out of school i get expelled mm -hmm. from a lot of different schools i get expelled from all the schools <laughs> <laughs> actually and i'm forced yeah. to go to a charter school and um this now becomes my high school days uh high school i mean it was typical though it was nothing again guys nothing out of the ordinary we're not um i'm not making any sort of revolutionary strides as a teenager that's for sure. I'm doing everything that every other dumb teenager uh, did. <laughs> Maybe Nikki never did anything like that. No, I was an angel. She was an angel. <laughs> Psych. Right. Anyways. So, yeah, high school was more of the same. You know, I got into a, a relationship. Um, and then that relationship ended up lasting for, for a long time. About eight years I was in a relationship from high school until the time I moved out of my parents' house. Um, which, you know, was, was a story in itself. I think uh, maybe there'll be a podcast there one of these days. I'm not sure. Period of growth and loss. <laughs> and it was just ups and downs. Like, again, we were teenagers and young adults, both making terrible mistakes, my ex and I. Mm -hmm. But um, in general, high school wrapped up with, um, I graduated early. And at this point, you know, in high school, I'm like really pretty much stepping away from religion because of a lot of it being influenced by my circle of friends. It was no longer cool and even more drug exploration. Really, I mean, at this point in high school, we're getting into serious drugs, you know, we're talking. And, and I was never like 
in, into the, the serious drugs per se, like meth and heroin or anything like that. Thank, praise the Lord, Jesus. Yes. I, my gosh, I, I, I think about that all the time. High school, we lost a lot of, a lot of people in high school um, to, to pills. Yeah. It, it was pills. You know, I had friends breaking into pharmacies. Wow. In Gilbert. Wow. To, to ransack the pharmacy at the urgent care. You know, it's like. That's crazy. It's insane. They're just so bold. Mm-hmm. We were so bold back then. Um, I almost died in high school. Uh, I almost overdosed on, on somas, mm. which I smuggled from Mexico. Uh, terrible, terrible decision. Completely reckless, you know, drinking and using pills like that. It was all just so new to me. Again, I was not a pill person. It was more of like a money thing. It was fun to sell them. And it was just such the skirting, just playing with life. Mm. I, I want to touch on that really quick before I move on. Like high school and all that. And like these high school kids, young people. Oh my gosh. Like they're just constantly playing with life. Mm. You know, and they just I think have, they're inevitable. They just have no. Invincible. Invincible. Not yes. Inevitable. They, a lot of kids just think, it, you know, like it's going to go on forever. Yeah. Oh man. Just terrible decisions, I guess is what I'm saying, you know. and. And by the grace of God, you know, there was something greater for me mm-hmm. that he had planned because he saved our lives, you know, back then for sure. Yeah, he was uh, looking out for you. Uh, you know, drinking too much, doing too much. Um, yeah, doing too much ecstasy, a lot of ecstasy. Um, I started messing around with a lot of mushrooms. And that's when, you know, probably the door to. It's like almost trivial not trivial but it's almost um i don't know what the word is but you want to say like mind expansion mm. it's sort of cliche thank you it's sort of <laughs> sort of cliche you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sort of cliche like expanding of the mind but that's man it's it's kind of what it was because you know the deep like the the intense experiences that I had that young, you know, with psychedelics and, and, you know, mind altering drugs like that, like ecstasy, mushrooms and peyote, and heavy thing, heavy psychedelics, not heavy drugs in the sense of meth. Mm-hmm. But these, those things, they really do something to your mind and your sense of, of self, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'll probably get into that in some other episodes, you know, probably dealing with new age topics and yeah, the woke transcendence, culture. woke stuff. We, we got a bunch of things we want to go over. We just got to figure out how to piece it together, mm-hmm. you know, how to make this rational. But anyways, those, those things in high school really set a tone for like this searching, you know, uh, that the set a tone for like, what is this? What am I? Why are we here? What, what's next? Is there a death? Has the, is there a God? And having come from God, like it really puts the, it really put it into perspective. Having knew God from Catholic Church, I mean, you know, and then experiencing these things, it left me a lot to rectify my own mind. Like, how do I piece this together? It was always like a theme, you know, that stuck with me from my, my drug experimentation till, till the very recently, now that I can fully ex- explain and rectify everything. Mm. But moving on, you know, I, I graduated early, praise the Lord. Um, Got out of high school one year or so early at uh, 17, and I had no idea really what I wanted to do um, 
at that time, I liked to play video games. <laughs> I didn't really like, I really did not have a whole much. What did I like to do? I had no focus aside from, you know, hanging out, having crazy mind experiences with drugs and, you know, you know, yeah. You know, living life with my girlfriend at the time, doing our thing, pretending to be like this, whatever, false married couple, essentially trying to play house, you know, as young kids often do, I guess just being reckless in general, lost and squandering. It was, yeah, we lived for the weekend, uh, worked. It was, it was a fast, fast time. High school was very fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I made it out of high school with my degree. My, I'm sorry, my diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was good. I felt, felt good about that. And then it was like, what am I going to do now? You know, am I going to go to the, to the military, which I had tried and considered, but at that time my, my asthma was like really a, a concern. And it was right after 9-11 when I had tried to join. And the apparently, well, the recruiter said that the whatchamacallits, the standards were high because too many people were joining back then. Mm. Because there was like a sudden rush, right? Patriotism, apparently. I don't know. That's what I heard. Oh. And so they, they didn't want to send me with the asthma wow. diagnosis. So I didn't go. Probably a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I really tried to hammer down. And, and I, I guess I settled, you know, on the Art Institute of Phoenix <laughs> out of North Phoenix, only because I like to play video games, really. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So they had a game art and design course that... It just seemed like a good idea. They had a representative that came to our school after, after school, gave us a presentation about all of the opportunities and why we should go there. It was kind of, it's kind of interesting in hindsight, right? Like they send these salespeople mm-hmm. to pitch to you at your school. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't know. No. So yeah, we got sucked. We, I say me and my, my mom, because <laughs> yeah, she helped pay for it. And we got sucked into uh, the Art Institute, you know, thinking it was a good idea. And I don't really think it was in hindsight. It was a poor school. Uh, art, it was, it was, art is, how do you judge art? How do you grade art, first of all? Exactly. It's weird. Anyways, met a lot of people there. Um, and by this time, we're getting real anti-religious. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm full-blown. Like, I'm soaking up anything I can that's anti, anti-Christianity. I won't even say anti-religion. I was very, I had very much taken a, a stance of anti-Christianity. Mm. Um, I started to look at it as like a form of weakness and like as a sign of like a lack of intelligence almost. I really did. It was, it was such a strange thing. And I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, these new, these new, um, these new schools of thought, like in the college sense, you know, you're meeting all these people now and we're in art school. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of edgy ideas, a lot of edgy people, a lot of trendy stuff too. It, it was, it was interesting. Art school was real interesting. Let me tell you that, especially as a 17 year old and everybody else around me is 18 and up. Um, it was really interesting, for sure. 
but I made friends quickly, you know, like I usually do. I, I settled in really fast. And, and, um, like I said, I became really anti-religious, um, again, more drug exploration that, that never stopped. Um, it's just now I had, you know, a little bit more freedom to do so. Um, I think around this time is the first time I got exposed to um, like these, like these Buddhist ideas. Mm. Uh, because again, you know, we're in art school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of my friends are like hippies and they still are. They're totally like new agey kind of hippie folks. Love them to death, you know, but that's, this is what they do. I, I get it. You know, nothing has apparently reached them except for that yet. You know, it's not their fault, but um Man, that's where, yeah, a lot of, uh, that's where I first got introduced to a lot of Buddhist theories, um, like, uh, you know, like repeated lives and, and whatnot and reincarnation topics and all sorts of different things, multiple God senses, like ideas, like Hinduism and whatnot. Um, that stuff became cool, you know, like, oh, well, you know, meditation, that stuff is, you know, really talked about there um it's like that in regular college too yeah like straight up yeah it's interesting yeah that push mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting stuff it's strange i don't know it was yeah yeah college was wild didn't get to finish college uh because i just slacked off basically i just slacked off i didn't really want to be there because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't, I was just kind of like check marking a box, like, well, I graduated, and then like my must have to go to college mm-hmm. was the vibe that I was getting mm-hmm. since the military was not a thing. Um, yeah, and but in that time, like it, nowadays, as I'm an, an adult, you know, like I work on cars now, and like I like to, I like to have hobbies and like things that I like to do. And at that time, I just didn't, you know, I was just a troubled kid, and all I wanted to do was like party, have fun, and screw around. And, and so it didn't really form, you know, this early thinking of what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I think it's rare for people to have that idea at such a young age. Yeah. It's a major, major issue, but that's a topic for another day. Totally. Yeah, I'm sure it's not unique to me, and it can't be. Mm-mm. You hear that all the time. But, so yeah, college was wild. You know, I met a lot of people, did a lot of more bad things, went to my first rave. Uh, so there's like, they really started to dig into this like collective thought thing. You know, like, oh my gosh, like we all just must be connected and, you know, just really, man, just really hitting on those themes. (laughs) Like, you know, we're all on drugs and like, we're all feeling the same thing and, you know, just certain events, you know, that like, yeah, you can't explain them at the time, but I can explain them now, you know, it's interesting, but college is college. Didn't finish. And then, um, man, I'm still with my, still with my ex this entire time doing our thing. Uh, and then finally in 2005, I move out my parents' house, which was like a huge thing, right? <laughs> like going out on your own. 
Um, man. Got that taste of freedom. Taste of freedom. Gosh, just send me out into the world. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> it was crazy. I, guys, I was a terrible kid. I just want to emphasize that. I was so bad. I was so, so bad, and I regret it big time. But I finally move out of the house, and lo and behold, nothing changes. <laughs> <laughs> So I get out of the house. Uh, my my girlfriend at the time, you know, my ex and I, we, she, we, her dad, you know, leaves the state and she's freaking out what to do, has to move out, you know. Well, she already did live by herself at this point, but this is like a culmination of events. But anyways, yeah. Uh, so we moved out together to another place, and then um, now we have like roommates. You know, it's it's like a three bedroom place we had all we have all the freedom we have all of it (laughs) (laughs) and it was too much i guess (laughs) too much for young people to handle in 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 my opinion man but we're just so naive and so young i wasn't even 21 yet you know when i moved out I, i moved out when i was like 19 or something like that like it was crazy 18 or 19 and um so this really didn't change as far as uh, nothing changed as far as how my life was headed and what I've been doing really. I mean, uh, more drug exploration. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing a bunch of ecstasy at this point now. Uh, we have roommates. Everyone's doing, you know, their own thing. We're just living for the weekends. Everyone's working. We're uh, partying like hard every weekend sometimes during the week because we all have different days off during the week so we're just living for ourselves you know living for the flesh we're drinking like crazy we're doing we're doing ecstasy mushrooms uh coke whatever we're just having a good time at that point you know at least we thought we did and um it's just a miracle we all lived through that because there were a number of times where we probably shouldn't have um yeah it's really stupid mistakes there at that house personally i watch other people make stupid uh, stupid mistakes as well um yeah at this time though i'm like full-blown speaking against god and um like i'm i'm living it now like this is my official stance this is the person i am now um and people even like know that I'm like, you know, that's like my thing. I'd like to talk about, you know, the non-existence of God at that time. And I bash Christianity and I think people who are Christian are silly. And I, I you know, at, at this time, because of college and psychology classes and all that, I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty much like believe in like evolution, you know, nothing really locked in spiritually, but I'm starting to like, lean more towards these other ideas that are not Christian-based. You know, they're not of God. Um, but, um, and like I said, you know, so I'm, I'm actively speaking against God at this point, really trying to pull people away. Like, it's my, I enjoy it. Um, I do it whenever I can back then. It was, it was pretty bad. It was a crappy time in my life. I made a lot of poor decisions. You know, I was a cheater. I was a liar. I was a stealer. Uh, sold drugs, did drugs. 
it was bad. It was a bad time. Um, but we all made it out of it, you know, relatively unscathed. A lot of hurt feelings. <laughs> a lot of emotional baggage that we packed. But ended up making it out of that. Uh, and then my girlfriend at the time of eight years, we, we broke up. It was a really bad relationship end. It was a bad breakup. We, um, it was really bad. I don't want to go into the de- details, but it was terrible. You know, um, it was, a lot of it was my fault. The majority of it was my fault. A lot of it was her fault. We were just dumb young kids, you know, with like zero, zero like sense of direction, I think. I mean, among other things, obviously. Many different reasons why it didn't work and why, you know, why we broke up. But it was terrible. And then uh, I eventually, you know, I had to move out. So now I had to move back to my parents' house, which was, like, pretty crappy because I've been, you know, on my own. I've been experiencing, like, this this freedom for two years now, doing whatever I want to do. And now I got to go back home. It was kind of embarrassing. I have all this like emotional baggage now. And, but, um, I get back to my parents' house and I kind of like really like start to step into like the singlehood, you know, I'm like the ladies' man now at work. Uh, and I got this whole new group of friends and more partying more drugs, more exploration, more alcohol abuse. Um, but it's during this time living at home and I get this new job uh, into, um, you know, which would set my course for jobs in my career now. But I ended up, you know, getting it into the um, multifamily real estate industry. So like apartments and leasing and management. So that was a, that was a blessing. Shout out to Cassie who uh, hooked me up there. Got me that job, um, made the connections there. So that was a, a blessing. Uh, things are looking good. You know, I get this new job, and then I finally meet Nikki. That was in 2010. Um, and at the time I met Nikki, I'm still very much not Christian. Still very much speaking against it. Um, I, I, you know, I make that make that very clear to her. I'm pretty sure that you know I'm not Christian and. I, I think it's silly and all that stuff. It's pretty apparent at this point. Um, yeah, still searching, um, still preaching against it. Uh, and then by this time, I'm I'm really starting to learn about about ayahuasca, which is a hallucinogenic um, concoction of plants and vines from South America. It's pretty crazy. There's a lot to re- look up there. If you guys have never heard of it, you could read about it. So at this, around this time, I start reading about it, learning about what that is. I'm really interested because, you know, I'm searching because I'm, I've been searching this entire time, you know, about my spirituality, my purpose here, you know, on earth and whatnot. And um, so a lot of interesting things I read about that. So that becomes an interest. Um, and then by this time, Nikki and I move in together, you know, where relationships going good, we're, we're more stable, not married yet, but we move in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still living wild, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and so it's around this time, obviously now that we're living together and we're growing in our relationship together, that it's only natural that I meet her parents and I, I'd already met her parents, let's face it, but I'm really starting to get to know them now, you know, at this point that, that we're living together. Um, you know, so we're spending more time with them. And if you didn't know Nikki's parents, which I'm sure you don't, 
<laughs> they're very Christian. They're very, yeah. very much in touch with their Christianity. They're very much walking with the Lord, and they're they're, they're doing Jesus's work, no doubt. Definitely. Um, I love my parents. Shout out to shout the Kalers. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm growing in this relationship with Nikki. Uh, we're living together. I'm trying to get along with her parents, but we're butting heads because I'm obviously not Christian and I'm very much, you know, anti-Christian and they're not, they're very much pro-Christian, rightfully so. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Lord bless them because they didn't, they just, man, it's just, there's something about their faith, you know, and then unwavering, unwavering. There's so many words you could use Their, their faith, you know, just in particular this time, my life and our lives together as an early family, um, they were so gentle with their their faith. They were so gentle and persistent, um, but persistent gently. <laughs> uh, that you know, continuous prayer, from what I understand, prayer for me, prayer for Nikki, prayer for our marriage to come we weren't married yet but they were praying really praying for our relationship you know because they were scared that i was just going to be another boyfriend you know without christ without religion that's going to take their daughter for a ride you know who knows where whatever mm-hmm. and so yeah that was me i was a big worry yeah for them yeah they, they didn't like me at all at first nah what was now to they like love you <laughs> <laughs> i mean but really though what was to like i, I didn't really I, w- I wasn't on any particular path, um, so I don't blame him. You know, at the time, we butted heads. I'll be the first one to say it was, it was a rough getting to know each other, and it was hard to bond mm-hmm. at that time, being somebody who was not religious. Yeah. You know, just I wanted to fight it. And so they were like my new, like, barrier, really. It's like, oh, great, you know, more, more religious people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, I'm glad that they were patient with me and patient with the Lord and, and just, you know, they, they nudged, they just kept nudging wherever they could. They would, they would listen to like different, um, opinions on like spirituality that I had. They would ask me questions when they saw an opening and, and in general, they just nudged is the best way I could put it. They just kept nudging me towards the Lord, towards the Bible, towards scripture and let it be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was nice, but so that was that was a struggle. Obviously, um, they just let Jesus work, and He did. But uh, and then by this by this time now, we're a couple a couple years ahead, Nikki and I get married, twenty thirteen, um, doing the married life, really growing together, uh, and then she almost dies. <laughs> <laughs> she has no. It was close when she had a she has. She mentioned it, you know, in her testimony. She's had a number of brushes with death, a number of surgeries. It's been rocky for her. Um, But it's during these events that I'm starting to notice something. You know, I'm starting to to see reactions. So it was traumatic, right? Like Nikki, she's in the hospital. We're we're struggling with the unknown. Is she going to be okay? It turns out she has like a, you know, a pretty serious condition, and, and we're, um, it, there's a lot going on. It's a very heavy experience, and I notice, one of the things I notice is that um, 
again, Nikki's parents, I noticed something about their faith, which is that it just never wavers. You know, they're not pissed at God. They're not like upset at the world or the cards that they've been dealt. It, it you know, they just continued praying, continued praising the Lord, even in the valley, and they let it be in God's hands. You know, and that was really powerful to witness. Um, because as far as I knew at the time, you know, this is like really crappy. How could you be like so joyful and like thankful in this moment? So it was it was it was it was cool. It was cool to see and is when I really started to notice things, you know, about about um faith and about yeah, about about struggling with with faith too and like you know through hard times it was it was eye-opening you know to see each of us work through it you know me as a non-believer more or less and her parents as believer nikki i feel like nikki's sort of always been a believer you know for the most part and so it, it was just interesting to see you know this this faith play out and all these events that she was going with or going through um, and so then it, along this same time period, um, we get introduced, you know, to the Rock Point Church. We start going there for like some occasional Easter or Christmas events because her parents would ask us to. And Nikki's a good daughter, so she does. And and I'm I was trying to be a good husband. So I tag along, just playing along. I have no intention whatsoever mm-hmm. of accepting the Lord or even being happy about being at church. I was really not even like, was really not even interested at all. I was just going to, to appease my wife and my in-laws at this point. Um, but yeah, but unfortunately for the darkness, there's a really awesome pastor at rock point church. (laughs) His name is pastor bill. He's he's the lead pastor there at Rock Point in Queen Creek. Um, this guy, he he was the only one to ever to to first reach me with scripture. Um, he's got an incredible way of taking scripture, you know, and putting it into a very applicable package for you. Um, he's not just reading out of the book monotone he's really breaking it down for me and this is one of the first you know times where you know the word and gospel ideas um ideas about god's character uh, all these things are really starting to get into my head i'm 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 hearing what he's saying but i'm not really hearing what he's saying at this point but he's starting to get through. Something's happening is what I notice. Um, these stories are hitting just a little different than before, you know, and, and I attribute that to the way that he's able to apply it to our lives, you know, daily, just daily life applications. That was really cool. You know, and, and again, in hindsight, that was, that was a big turning point for me was um, the introduction to Rock Point Church and Pastor Bill's method and the non-denominational method in general. Um, it's very very applicable, mm-hmm. very easily digestible and relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was really, that was awesome. And then 
in 2016, that's when, by chance, uh, through, uh, through some mutual friends, I find out about an ayahuasca retreat. Now, previously, when I was learning about ayahuasca, um, that's like a, the, the hallucinogenic that I was talking about before, uh, when I had first learned about it, it was really, to my knowledge, only doable in Peru. You had to really schedule a, a two-week trip and travel down to the bottom of the earth and et cetera, right? Mosquito shots and malaria, all, whole nine yards. And so then when I found out that you could do this thing, you know, in the southern desert of California, um, it was like a no-brainer. I was sold. I said, what's the, how do I sign up? Who do I reach? I'm going to go do this. Because like I said, I was fascinated. Um, I wanted to go on this sort of like spiritual quest, which is um, you know, how I saw it at the time. That this was going to be some sort of spiritual awakening, some sort of spiritual quest. This is going to be a breakthrough. This is going to be big. Um, and so I go. Nikki goes with me. I sure did. Kind of crazy. We didn't know anything really much. Aside from the few documentaries we watched, we didn't know anything about these people. I did a little bit of a Google research, and I was a researcher at the time already at work. So I did my best (laughs) to research what I could, but there's nothing on the Internet about it, really. It's it's an underground um, Native American church, and this shaman woman, she conducts it. And so we sign up. We go, we have to undergo a brutal two-week fast, a two-week dieta is what they call it. Um, Not even a fast, just a brutal diet of no meat, no sugar, no alcohol, tobacco. uh, No cheese. No cheese, no dairy, no cheese, no, oh my gosh, guys, it was so difficult. We lived on like cold cut steel or whatever what was steel it? cut oats steel and <laughs> eggs steel cut oats eggs oh my that was about goodness. it goodness we pretty much lived on this for day like weeks it was about two weeks right 10 days I think so yeah oh it was brutal guys by the time we got out there to the place like i had nothing in my stomach i was so hungry so hungry i don't think i've ever been hungry hungrier mm-hmm. ever before but anyways I don't want to go too much into the details of it because I'll probably do something else on like realizations and revelations after the fact now that I've come to Christ and whatnot. But just to give you a summary, this ayahuasca thing is no joke. It, it is one of the most powerful hallucinogenics on, on the planet. Um, it, it's also sketchy too because if they don't mix it right, it can kill you. That is correct. If it's not a proper mixture, it can kill you mm. because the DMT... <laughs> needs to be um like counterbalanced counter- remember, with that other root right it's an inhibitor that's correct it's something in your stomach if, if, if it doesn't inhibit just right with the secondary plant the dmt will kill you in your stomach i believe mm-hmm. it's really interesting so it, it's deep we just went into this completely willy-nilly more or less um just trusting just <laughs> trusting something because we didn't even trust god at this point yeah. so we we just went I felt like I absolutely had to. I really did at this time because at this point, um, I don't have God to turn to. So I'm looking for other things to turn to. Uh, and 
at this moment in my, my life, I'm, I'm struggling a lot with some, some family issues, um, some interpersonal issues. I'm struggling with my, my purpose here on earth. Um, I'm struggling with, you know, everything. Why is there so many questions in my mind that I think this is going to help with, you know, going into this ayahuasca thing. It was really interesting. Um, but it's a 12 to 14 hour excursion, essentially. Uh, you sit down with your, your the shaman and a group of people. You write your intentions on a piece of paper because um, it's not a party. It's not a party drug whatsoever. Um, it's, it's very intentional. So she had us write down our intentions on a piece of paper. We put them in a big jar in the altar. Um, some of the intentions I had were um, I wanted to you know reconcile relationship with family. I wanted to be a better husband. And I forget what the third one was. It was something about my past. Ah, oh, yes. I just wanted to get over like my past in a way, I believe, is what I wrote down. Um, and find a sense of being, a sense of purpose. Um, so you write these intentions down and uh, you drink your brew. It's in a little plastic cup. And again, without going into too much detail, the first hour or two is complete scariness. Um, I regretted it right off the bat. As soon as I started setting, it started to set in. I got really scared because it feels like you're about to die. Um, not exaggerating, you know, you literally think you're about to die. Um, and then from there, it's a journey like you wouldn't believe. Um, it's very intense. Uh, man, I'll have to go into it another time, but. 12 to 14 hours of intense um, introspective visions, emotions, vomiting. Um, the lady next to me was having a complete breakdown because she was there over like relationships with her mother that she had, she had a falling out like since birth with her mother. She's freaking out next to me, like screaming, crying and bawling and screaming and bawling. It was so intense wild experience um coming out of it though it was um it did something to my brain i'll tell you that um it did something to like my realization of 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 darkness going in i was well aware of the existence of darkness and one of the experiences I had, um, I happened to see while un induced, you know, under the influence of, of the ayahuasca, I managed to open my eyes about halfway through and I could see, obviously it was so many patterns and geometrics and colors and blah, blah, blah. But on the other side of the room was a man who was struggling greatly. Um, he was a military service member and he's seen a lot of terrible things. And I seen these dark pillars, I would, I'm going to call them dark pillars or beings type of things, you know, hovering around this guy and moving throughout certain people in the ceremony tent that we were in. And, you know, in hindsight, I think I saw like some sort of dark entities or dark beings there like that are like stuck with these people 
So like going into it, you know, I would I was really well well aware that darkness existed, that that uh, people practice ceremonial magic, that all, all that stuff. I was well voodoo. I, I believed all those things existed, but for some reason, I never believed that the other side existed. You know, the other side being light and Jesus and God. You know, the Creator. So it was a big turning point in my mind of realization, like, hold on, my philosophy is a little jacked right now. You know, why can I not acknowledge the light and the goodness and God and Jesus, but I, I I can only seem to acknowledge the other stuff. It was really strange, this revelation that, that, that this came, it came out of this event. You know, it really did. Um, It was so wild, such a wild experience, but it was just so strange, you know, it, 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 that started a change of thought for me, like that I needed to reanalyze my spiritual breakdown of what's happening. Um, it was a very scary, very scary traumatic event. Um, but again, I, I think it was part of my walk. It had to happen. There had to be like a specific series of events for God to reach me, you know, th- God knows I'm stubborn, you know, he knows I got a hard head. And so, you know, now I, as a, a, now that I'm living as a Christian and I see God and it's, I see that he was just, it was like all in place, you know, it was all part of the plan that had to go down like this. I had to go these routes. I had to go, you know, see this and see that and then make my decision, you know, things like that. It's really interesting to think about the series of events played out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I think that's a good place to wrap it up there because right after this, um, event, things really take off, you know, for me spiritually in my, in my walk with, with Christ and, um, yeah, big turn of events in 2018, uh, another brush with death, man, good stuff, big move. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, part two will be good. Um, I'm going to cut it off there. Part two will go over um, post-Jesus. Coming to Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) The good stuff. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening to my rambles again. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, Anything else you want to add, Nick? No. Stay tuned for part two. Heck yeah. God bless. We love you guys. Uh, We appreciate your support and the feedback. Send us an email if you have any questions. But we will talk to you later. Yeah, God bless. Bye, guys. Love you.